You're listening to KBF Morro Bay on 97.3 and KZSR Paso Robles 107.9. Streaming live at centralcoastradio.org. Stampede! Garner isn't number six. to admit last week's episode of Garner isn't tipped the scales of absurdity. I may not be too far off when I say robot sex will become an everyday experience for American men. But when Garner expressed dissatisfaction with the size of Triple G's breasts, it bordered on being ludicrous. Being a helpful straight-up machine, Triple G didn't complain to Garner. No, she agreed with Garner and said they should go down to the Cosmos shop and replace her tiny peaches with something bigger. And that's what they did last week. I imagine there were a lot of women in the listening audience 
who were offended by that episode. But you know what? I once dated a woman who flat out told me if I gave her a little money, she'd get her breasts enlarged. And that ain't no lie. I mean, I never said a thing about the size of her breasts. In fact, we were lying in bed after having an intense sexual interaction, exhausted. And she turned to me and said, Eddie, give me a little money so I can get bigger. I looked at her and said, What do you mean? I want to get my breasts larger. What are you talking about, a little money? To push your things out will cost at least a couple grand, and maybe a lot more. Yeah, but I've always wanted to have bigger breasts. Now, this was a woman I barely knew. Sure, we had good sex together, but she blew me away when she said she needed a little money. You know, men go to a gym religiously to build themselves up. And I can understand that, because I once overheard two women talking to one another, and one said she goes crazy over men with big biceps. So women that want to get bigger breasts do it to attract men. Isn't that a reasonable thing to assume? She wanted me to give her a little money so she could show off her melons to every man that passed by. And that was right after we had worked ourselves into a blue frenzy. Where's the honesty in sex? She wanted me to plop down thousands so she could tease everybody with what she had upstairs. Last week, when I created Garner Isn't, with Triple G, the sex robot, getting a pair of interactive breasts with extrasensory perception, I wasn't far wrong about what's in store for us in the future. Sure, being on a radio station, 
I should concern myself with the important issues of the day. And if you've been listening to me, it's been my habit pounding on the table saying, you people are zombies if you think everything is all right. Wake up. Things haven't been all right for a long time. And I agree, it's easy to complain. The fact of the matter is, the problems that are facing us are so complex, we'll probably come to an abrupt end with our species becoming extinct. It could be some virus, the lack of water, the food we eat, the artificial economy, the inbred violence, the weapons we build, the air we breathe, or it may be just some external force wiping out everything, the blue planet turned into a gray cloud. Yeah, I don't like what we've become, for that matter, who we are. Things are getting messy, and I'm sure there are some very smart people who say things have always been messy, even from the time we evolved out from the oceans, lived in trees, and built civilizations that we've never been right. We just keep procreating. So why shouldn't I bitch slap you people? Robot sex is just around the corner for men. And last week's Garner isn't. Triple G has a brand new set of breasts, and they're making her hypersexed. Garner, Garner, hurry up, let's do it. Here in the car, Triple G? I don't care. Here in the car, on top of the car, below the car, I want to have sex. Now take off your clothes and let me work you. Okay, what about me squeezing you? Yes, touch me here, quick. Oh, you feel good. How do you like them? Kiss me, kiss me. Now, this is where I have to stop the show and discuss the various meanings of being kissed. Kissing someone can have a variety of meanings. There's that long-abandoned habit of requesting a man when introduced to a woman, especially a powerful woman, to kiss her hand.
Then there's the violent act when a mobster kisses a fellow mobster on the lips. The kiss of death for a betrayal. Also, what about the more common kiss of affection? When a parent kisses a child on the forehead, a demonstration of love. Let's not forget the kiss of respect. The leaning over a hospital bed giving a farewell kiss on the cheek to a passing relative. But no, that's not what Triple G and Garner were engaging in. No, their erotic kissing is often referred to as French kissing, tongue-twisting, saliva-swapping, lip-smearing, give-me-sex-kissing. Now, I can tell you people from experience, I've done a lot of that when I was younger, but nowadays it's a rare, and I might say somewhat questionable behavior, which would cause me to participate in that. Although when younger, kissing is something I enjoyed, like around the ears, along the neck, and further down. I do recall kissing parts of a woman's body when I was having sex. But I do have certain boundaries. I don't have a foot fetish, and I haven't kissed a woman's foot. It just doesn't seem to be the right thing to do. It's difficult to describe what triggers a sexual encounter, but I think it's safe to say it usually begins with kissing. I'm sure there are sex therapists that understand how that works. And let's face it, the human mouth plays an important part in sex. It's always a question why women paint their lips. And I confess, I'm attracted to bright pink lipstick on plump lips. Women I've known were always quick to oblige when I told them I was attracted to fuchsia pink. I do have to confess, there have been women I've encountered who were clueless about kissing. I can think of two right off the top of my head. On one occasion, when I was really getting revved up from a woman who had a smoking hot body, I had to stop and say, what, what is that? What do you mean? 
Look, D, you've got to open your mouth and let your lips get into the spirit. It was a teenage wedding and the old folks wished them well. You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle. And now the young monsieur and madame upon the chapel bell. Say la vie, say the old folks, it goes to show you never can tell. They furnished off an apartment with a two-room rollback sale. The cooler it was crammed with TV dinners and ginger ale. But when Pierre found what the little money come and worked out well. Say la vie, say the old folks, it goes to show you never can tell. And you know what? She really tried. After fogging up the windows in my car, relaxing, she reached up to pull the rearview mirror toward her face and began twitching her flat, narrow lips, attempting to stimulate her mouth to kiss. Yeah, when you criticize someone for their sexual ineptitude, you're liable to hurt feelings. But... Dee didn't have any trouble because she had a very provocative body. And I'll tell you why. Dee could wear the most sensual underwear of any woman I ever dated. And I later learned how that came to be. Her father owned a factory in Chicago that produced women's underwear. 
and that's no lie. Now this brings me back to when Triple G and Garner finished banging each other in the car, with Triple G wearing out Garner with her new knockers. She tested them out and nearly caused Garner to fall in a coma. Her new bionic tits drove Triple G into ecstasy. But the thing about Garner is he isn't deterred by having great sex. Triple G, I said I wanted to sex you up, but these new bionic breasts you've got are challenging me to keep up. Oh, don't worry, Garner. We can test them out again a little later. Well, what do you say we go shopping? I could get you some hot clothes. You aren't frightened about looking sexy, are you? Are you kidding me? My new jugs love the idea. Now, this is where I have to tell you a little more about how I conducted myself as a young man. And I'm not proud of this, but my circumstances allowed me to behave in a manner I would seriously criticize today. If you people have been listening to me, you know I've been pounding the table, complaining we've been going down the wrong path. Well, when I was young, I misbehaved. I used to love to take women out for dinner. Now, this served several purposes. First, I loved eating at some of Chicago's Art Nouveau restaurants. I would engage in conversation with women who were interesting. How do you like to have dinner? I'm free after work on Fridays. Great. How about seven? Sounds good. Now, this could have been a woman I barely knew, but my plans were never just about dinner. So when I picked her up on Friday, I'd say something like, Gee, you look great. Reservations are for eight. What do you say we stop off at a shop and pick up some things? Sure. So I'd take my date to a contemporary woman's boutique. Not too expensive, but definitely designed for women who wore sexy, semi-professional clothing and maybe less professional and more sexy. To make a long story short, I'd dress my date up before we went out for dinner. I hear you people saying, Garner's a chauvinist, a flat-out corrupt capitalist endorsing consumerism. Well, yes, I was. And you know what was driving my behavior? A straight-up need to have sex. I behaved and conducted my youthful existence by trying to satisfy what was talking to me between my legs. I admit it. I was misbehaving. I don't remember how many women I did that to, and it was expensive, and I guess corruptive, but let me tell you something. I used to have great sex, but that was when I was younger. Nowadays, men are being forced to look for sex in different ways. So Garner having a robot to fulfill his needs is 
just around the corner for men in America. Gee, Garner, this stuff is just what I need to keep you interested in me. Yeah, Triple G. How do you like these black, tight capri pants? Yes, that would look good. Should we buy socks to cover up my ankles? No, no, that's not the idea, Triple G. You want to show the ankles and wear high heels. Oh, yes, that would look sexy. That's right, Triple G. Trust me, I'll dress you up the way I want you to look. Great! For a top, forget about a blouse. How about just wearing this pink bustier with the capri pants? I think I'd like that, Garner. And my autonomous breasts are telling me they'd love it. Get it, Garner. Get a pink, a lacy black, and a deep purple bustier for me. Yeah, we'll get some sexy panties to go along with them. You can wear it when you vacuum clean the house. Oh, Garner, you know I want to please you. Good. Of course you do, Triple G. That's why I got you. Now, this is where I have to stop the show for tonight. And it should be abundantly clear to you people. I'm talking about sex. And I'm not shy about it. My mental therapist will have an opinion to offer. I could tell she felt a little uneasy when she listened to my shows of prison life with women getting undressed and sharing mud baths with Donald Trump. Garner, have you got a girlfriend? You mean now, Red? No, I just write about the women I used to have sex with. Is that it? I love watching the American Championship female soccer team. I love Gustav Klimt's 1908 Art Nouveau painting the kiss. This week's music for Stampede, you first heard Etta James, W-O-M-A-N, from her 1976 album, Etta is Better Than Ever. You then heard Otis Rush's Cobra recording from 1956, All Your Lovin'. Cobra went bankrupt in 1959, and Otis Rush continued recording with Chess Records, and then another song composed by Willie Dixon, Jim Morrison's rendition of Backdoor Man from his 1967 album, The Doors, and then Chuck Berry's 
C'est la vie, you never can tell. Lifted from the soundtrack of Pulp Fiction with Almond Thurman and John Travolta dancing to C'est la vie. Finally, a repeat of Otis Rush's All Your Love. I might say, during the 70s, I often passed by Chess Records Studio at 2120 South Michigan Avenue on my way to Chicago's Chinatown District to have General Zhao chicken with fried noodles, which I sorely miss. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.